Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Best DC Comics of 2019. I'm your host, Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and today I'll be going through my 10 or so favorite DC comics of 2019 to date. Broadly speaking, I definitely think 2019 has been a bit rocky for DC. There have been big publisher-wide changes, you know, coming down from Warner Bros. Corporate, edicts there have been i think events like heroes in crisis did not pan out the way i'm sure dc hoped it's been controversial at best and critically panned at worst i'm somewhere in the middle but no it will not be on my best of 2019 list either and then if you look across the board at something like batman damned the big launch of dc's black label that series has become notorious uh really just for the debut of lil wayne aka Bruce Wayne's tiniest member of the Bat family. You know, not exactly the debut that I'm sure DC was looking for to kick off their Black Label line. But none of those are on the best of list. That would be more of a why this year has not been good. There have, of course, been successes as well across DC. There's a lot of creative talent. When I look up and down the DC lineup, my pull list is often chock full of DC books because of some of the creative names involved. Of course, you had the much-heralded uh, you know, steal of Brian Michael Bendis from Marvel in 2018. That has panned out quite well, as we will get to. But in 2019 alone, we have the return of Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, the debut of Matt Fraction to DC Comics, as well as creators like Kelly Sue DeConnick on Aquaman. So some really big names, um, Warren Ellis on Wildstorm, some really big name creators all doing some interesting DC work. So, without further ado, let's get into this and look at my favorite comics from DC this year. Number 10 on my list is, in fact, Aquaman, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by Robson Rocha. Uh, this is a borderline best of for me. It's not a, a knockout by any measure, but it's good and it's interesting. And I like the direction that DeConnick is taking Aquaman and Arthur Curry. I mean, it's a it's an approach very much at odds with the cinematic debut of Aquaman in you know December 2018, a movie that was relatively successful with Jason Momoa Aquaman and Taconic and Rocha are taking Aquaman in a lot of ways. I, I don't even know if back to his roots is the right word. He's uh, suffering from amnesia. He's in this sort of mythical water uh, dimension of of gods that you know he has never heard of, and he doesn't quite remember he's a king, but he has these vague memories of Mera, his queen, and all of that builds to some pretty interesting ways to sort of re recontextualize the mythology of Atlantis, recontextualize what Aquaman's world and and sort of his role in the DC universe should be. Because let's face it, Aquaman is a character who is I, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are two of the hardest characters I think to nail down in DC comics to to really peg what is it that makes that would make their comic particularly successful they have been a lot of challenges and Deconic and Rocha are off to a very interesting start so I don't know if this one will stay on the list there's a lot of fluctuation that could happen by the end of the year but for now it's number 10 on my list number nine Hawkman this is definitely one of the comics that I was most surprised to, to kind of fall in love with here. Uh, this is a series by Robert Vendetti and Brian Hitch. They've done about 12 issues together, 
and it's been extremely, extremely good. Hawkman comes out of the pages of DC Metal, where Carter Hall had a pretty big role in that Scott Snyder written run there. Uh, one of my favorite events of all time. DC Metal is fantastic, and Carter Hall spins out of that into this Hawkman series. It felt like uh, initially maybe one of those sort of epilogue series that is connected to a better event, but doesn't really, you know, maybe it won't have legs on its own. But uh, that is not proven true. Hawkman definitely has legs. I could actually even see this rising as I sort of reappraise the series because it's taking the archaeology aspect of Carter Hall, you know, this this Hawkman character who has a long and convoluted and difficult history uh, in terms of where does he come from and what is his true origin, and it really gets to exploring, you know, what these resurrections and lives across multiverses would look like. It's a very interesting book, especially if you've ever thought, like, maybe Hawkman would be cool, but I don't necessarily know what to read. You know, you got the Timothy Truman Hawk World books in the 80s, but apart from that, you know, what, what are your go-tos? And this feels like the modern entry point for Hawkman readers, and I, I think is going to be recommended for a long time to come. Number eight on my list, it's Female Furies. This is a six-issue miniseries by Cecil Castellucci and Adriana Mello, and it is a, I would say, a pretty worthy companion piece to the Tom King and Mitch Gerard's Mr. Miracle. It's definitely a very different approach to this aspect of the fourth world with uh, Castellucci and Mello digging into kind of early days of the female furies now if you're not familiar the female furies are granny goodnesses fighting force they are historically most well known for being led by big barda you have characters like matt harriet lashina um oh who else stampa some very fun jack kirby creations from his 70s fourth world comics uh but the female furies are you know they're supporting characters at most i i would be shocked to discover that they have had a a starring role in a series like this before uh female furies it unsurprisingly i think takes a very feminist look at you know this this all-female group of warriors in the absolutely you know totalitarian dark side ruled state of apocalypse and the harassment and abuse that they would would likely face and clearly do face here as written by castellucci and Mello. so i mean there's a lot of it is not subtle at all and it does not try to be it is very on the nose uh pretty smart contemporary commentary on you know kind of patriarchy and and what it means to be um really like a woman in the workplace as strange as that sounds in the context of apocalypse and the fourth world i think it's very well done i think it's very smart and a uh, female furies is number eight on my list that takes us to a book that i could definitely see rising as the series continues it's pretty early here in 2019 as i'm talking about it only three issues have been released number seven on the list is deceased this is going to be the six issue miniseries written by tom taylor deceased is I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's Marvel Zombies, but with DC characters. Uh, there's definitely some interesting twists on this. It's not as straightforward as that premise and hook might have you believe. And I think at this point, there's no use doubting Tom Taylor. I mean, he's a ingenious writer. The work he did on DC's Injustice, to make that even remotely interesting and, and take that, you know, 
10 steps further. It's not just remotely interesting. It is fantastic. Injustice is one of my favorite comics like of all time. It's inside my top, you know, probably 150 if I go and look at the the best comics of all time list on Comic Book Herald. Um, but Deceased, I, it's definitely not at that scale yet here in the early going, but it's very interesting. It's very compelling. Um, instead of just being a zombie outbreak, there's all sorts of you know, tie-ins to like the fourth world here in the early going and with the virus spreading. Uh, it's good. It's smart. And it again, it's one of those books that I think at the end of the day, you're going to say this sounded dumb, but it's better than it had any right to be. Number six on my list is sort of a combo platter. And it's the Brian Michael Bendis written work across Action Comics and now the event Leviathan. Uh, I really love the spy games that are being played in Superman's original title, Action Comics. It's an interesting and, and a kind of unanticipated fit for Clark Kent and Superman. But when you look at it through the lens of, oh, this is kind of the Daily Planet focus book and, you know, the investigative journalism of a Lois Lane, it makes more sense that there'd be all these spy games in intrigue in a Superman comic. And it's also, I think, interesting because Superman, it's a it's a threat he can't punch, and that is always going to be, or can't, you know, exclusively punch, and that is always going to be somewhat interesting. So Bendis has been weaving in characters like Amanda Waller, organizations like Checkmate and Spiral, you know, any organization you've ever heard of that is a, a spy intelligence agency in the DC universe is a part of this event leviathan is very early days here mid-year as i'm doing the 2019 so far so it we'll see how the six issue mini you know pans out it's a bendis and Malieve comic so i i'm imagining the pacing and look of it will be amazing because i love their work together across series like daredevil or even like the early 2010s moon knight um, i'm a big alex Malieve art fan so event leviathan we'll see if it takes off in the right direction but as it stands this has been great and i think my absolute favorite part of the series so far was the event leviathan special which was an 80 page giant it combined a bendis and uh yannick paquette story an action comic story that kind of sets the stage for the event but it also wove in a greg rucka written lois lane which is kind of a prelude to his now ongoing lois lane series as well as matt fraction and steve lieber on jimmy olsen a prelude to their ongoing jimmy olsen more on that in a moment Number five on my list, it's the Wonder Twins. This is not a, <laughs> a sequence or a, a collection of DC characters that I have much affinity for. Super Friends is before my time. That said, I will read anything Mark Russell writes at this point, following his work across series like The Flintstones, Snagglepuss, and DC's Nuclear Winter Special. He is basically in my auto-pull comics rotation, and Wonder Twins is no exception. It's part of DC's, uh, what is it, Young... Nope, that's not right. Young Wonder, Young Justice. It's the it's the title that Young Justice kicked off. I'm going to get there. Uh, Wonder Comics, there it is, appropriately for Wonder Twins. This is a, it's a high school comedy, essentially, um, with the Wonder Twins at the center. I think the satire works here quite well. The Wonder Twins are aliens with these kind of silly power sets. And uh, it's, uh, again, it's just fun. There's nothing too, like, the satire doesn't hit as hard here as, say, Flintstones or certainly as the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Um, but it is significantly an easier read than those series. And it's it's generally entertaining. So I'm curious to see where this book goes. Stephen Burns' art here, again, is a good fit 
for what is ostensibly a you know more younger readers kind of more all ages type book number four on my list the green lantern the return of grant morrison to dc superhero comics he's writing you have liam sharp on art it is one of the best creative pairings in comics today and the green lantern it, it has the potential because it's morrison you know and here paired with sharp to go down as an all-timer i mean i think that's just anything morrison puts pen to paper on is is has that potential but this one is fascinating it is they are effectively doing silver age you know truly leaning into hal jordan as a space cop type stories it doesn't feel it simultaneously doesn't feel modern because this isn't what most people are doing and then at the same time feels like well maybe this is the new wave of modern and it's kind of a thing that morrison played with a lot on his time on batman which is of course critically acclaimed and extremely extremely highly recommended um you know leaning into these stories in the dc canon that people kind of ignore and you know aren't aren't as well regarded or aren't as often discussed because they're pre-crisis um but he's looking into the silver age of of how jordan as the green lantern and what it means to be a police officer for the cosmos so i'm not like over the moon about it the way i kind of want it to be but it's definitely good and i'm super excited to see it continue and to see where it might go here through the remainder of the year all right, getting into the rest of my faves. Number three on the list is The Wild Storm, written by Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt. You could make a strong case for this as the number one, and I wouldn't really fight you. It's 24 issues that have spanned across, uh, I think it started in 2017, would be my guess. And if you have been a Wild Storm or Authority fan at any point in time, this is a must read. I would say if you haven't, and I definitely am late to the game, on those franchises it's still a good starting place because it's ellis and davis hunt recontextualizing and reimagining these characters and concepts for uh 2019 readers and it's it's really brilliant the pacing of this 24 issue series is is a master class i mean the way it doesn't rush to get to the well-known characters the way it sort of slow plays and then delivers on characters like midnighter and apollo and jenny sparks is is absolutely fantastic so i was skeptical i'll be honest because i didn't have a ton of affinity for wildstorm in the past but it has more than rewarded um my my commitment to pulling the series and is a must read this year it's one of my favorites we're now in the section of of dc comics that are in my you know best of 2019 list exclusive or you know regardless i think it's just regardless i don't think you actually need the ear regardless of publisher number two on the list Batman Last Night on Earth. This is going to be a three-issue prestige series by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the the creators who brought us New 52 Batman and DC Metal, two extremely highly rated series on you know my favorite comics of all time. Last Night on Earth is no exception. The first issue I think is like 40 some pages, and it's it's on the DC Black Label. And man, is it good! It's so smart. I love this. It's my favorite Batman comic of the year. Uh, honestly, by far, it is. It's doing what Snyder and Capulo did on Metal, and really leaning into some of their crazier, wilder, more out there impulses in all the best ways. I mean, the the short synopsis here is Batman uh, wakes up post-apocalypse. Uh, in the DC universe, and he's going to walk the wastelands carrying around a severed Joker head 
uh, as he tries to make things right. That's the short of it. That definitely doesn't sum it up. A lot of it feels like a dream or a nightmare or what's real. And I loved this first issue. I fully expect this to remain one of my favorites of 2019 as the rest of the issues come out. Speaking of not a lot of issues out, the number one comic on my list is Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. We are one short story in the uh, Event Leviathan special and a single issue in to Jimmy Olsen that I have read so far, but I just can't imagine a scenario where this creative team and the, the structure and approach that they're taking to Jimmy Olsen doesn't doesn't fit into everything I want in a comic. It has similarities, I think, in some ways to Matt Fraction's most well-known uh, superhero work. That would be Hawkeye with Marvel, which he did with David Aja. But uh, Jimmy Olsen, I think, is going to be it's going to be more chaotic. It's going to be, I think, funnier because the the famous thing about Jimmy Olsen basically is he gets in these insane scenarios by virtue of being connected to the Superman universe. And if you look at like Silver Age Adventures, you know, there's a whole collection, a trade collected edition of the transformations of Jimmy Olsen. You know, he turns into a turtle or a DN alien or all sorts of wild and crazy things. I mean, trust me, it gets way, way out there. There's actually a really good 2011 um, Nick Spencer like series of one shots that they collected into like a 70 page giant called uh i think it's just jimmy olsen special and it it plays with the same thing you know jimmy olsen stops an alien invasion as he goes through a breakup you know these like he gets in these wacky scenarios and fraction and Lieber are the perfect the perfect creative pairing to bring that to life and bring out the absurd comedy of that you know already just in the short story you have jimmy waking up on gorilla island Maybe he just got married to a spy, and he seems to have inherited a cat, which is also a red lantern. And, you know, I can't do the comedy justice, certainly, in talking about it. But Jimmy Olsen is, for all intents and purposes, locked in as my number one DC comic of the year, barring some strange exception. You know, again, I could see Last Night on Earth making a run. I could see the Green Lantern making a run. I could see something I'm not even aware of that's going to come out later in the year, usurping it. But for the time being, those are my favorite DC comics of 2019. Again, you've been listening to a Comic Book Herald production. I'm Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. You can find a list and the URL for all of these comics and links to them in the show notes. And if you like what I'm doing here on Comic Book Herald or on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And I will be back with more here in the near future, likely leaning into the best comics of 2019 as a whole. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy the comics.